0: I realize there's going to be a point in the future where someone that we care about or one of us is sick and there's not enough nurses. We'll deal with that then. I do not care enough about that to tell people to sacrifice their future because we need these jobs. Do not send your kids into this meat grinder if they don't understand what it's actually going to entail to work in that environment. To do that day in and day out that's not a good reason. They need to really understand what that's going to look like before they buy a degree and go into that industry.
1: There are no rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. That's actually pretty funny. All right, we're back. (laughs) So this might look and sound a little bit different than normal. And that is because we are in a temporary studio.
0: We are. We are. Looks pretty okay though.
1: Yeah. And the temporary studio, and I'm using air quotes here, temporary, but I can't do it because I'm holding the mic is just a section of your office.
0: Yes. <laughs> so we're actually in my office right now. Can you tell yeah. by the decor?
1: <laughs> for the longtime watchers, for the longtime viewers, this is going to be like old school. I think we did this like a year and a half ago maybe. We had to do this because we were moving studios again. And so the studio quote was our living room. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Also, back then, the house we lived in was like open air. And so we would have to pause every single time. Every time a truck went by. (laughs) Which was all of the time, it was like every two and a half minutes. And Ryan would lose his mind every
1: time. (laughs) Through the magic of editing, we got it all out for the most part. But yeah, that's totally, totally true. Yeah, And uh, I mean, if you're also watching the video, you know, that I look a little different as well. I went. I was like, you know, what? new studio, new you, and so <laughs> r- really, what it is is, it's just like I was like, we're moving studios, and and we have to like set this up, and it actually takes quite a bit of time to set this up, and so I was just like, screw it, I'm just gonna do this in what I'm wearing right now, which is I'm literally wearing my old like firefighter sweatshirt uniform, and uh, and a new degree free hat. Well, it's not new; it's actually very old, but I don't want to find the other one because we're moving studios
0: and everything is everywhere.
1: So here we are. So here we are. Anyway, let's jump into today's episode. I think that today's episode is going to be excellent and it's going to be awesome. And you are taking the reins on this episode. We haven't talked too much about this, but I will let you take it away.
0: Yeah. So today we are doing the... Today is the movie adaptation of the book. But really today is the podcast adaptation of the TikTok. And this TikTok that I filmed last week was three conversations you need to have with your kid before they spend five and a half years and $100,000 buying a college degree. And we've racked up... uh, It's getting close to 800,000 views. And we got a lot of comments, a lot of interesting conversations that you and I have had out of that. And so I really just wanted to bring that to the podcast and recap it for our listeners on the podcast, because I think that they can get a lot of value out of it. And if they can't, then they certainly know someone who can. So it's something that I think is going to be really interesting and valuable for all of us to
1: talk over. All right, let's jump into it.
0: So here are the three conversations. Here is the conversation number one that you need to have with your kid before they spend five and a half years and a hundred thousand dollars. And that is, please, 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 please look up with your child, whether or not the job that they want to go into legally requires a degree before they buy one. That is the biggest thing. That's check number one. You should just know that information off the bat because you and I, especially over the last few weeks, I don't know what it is recently with the marketing degrees, but specifically on TikTok, so many people with marketing degrees who are extremely disgruntled about the result of their degree because they didn't need it. They never needed it. And that's something that begs conversation, but they could have just checked. They could have just looked at marketing roles and seen, oh, wait a minute. It's not like I need this for a license to get into marketing. I could just learn marketing principles. I can just learn marketing software. I can just learn marketing tools. And then I can just apply for marketing jobs and get the exact same ones.
1: So give us some examples.
0: So a good example would be a digital marketing manager. You do not need to buy a college degree for that. There's no license. There's no state that issues a license that says you must fulfill this many hours from a bachelor's degree, from an accredited university or college before you can apply for this marketing job. No, they only care that you know what's going on, that you know how to do it, that you have some proof and some evidence that you can do the actual work. If you have a portfolio that says, look, I've managed these ads or I've run these campaigns or I've done these things, just submit that. But there is no legal requirement for you to have paid a college in order to get those jobs.
1: None. Zero. Give me an example of a legally required degree.
0: CPA. You have to fulfill a certain amount of bachelor's degree hours in order to get a CPA license. You can be an accountant, but you cannot be a CPA. Those are different things. That apparently was a really controversial take on TikTok, but you can be an accountant or a bookkeeper without being a CPA. And people have really confused those two things. Those are not the same job.
1: This is something that I could speak to. I was an accountant. I was a bookkeeper and I'm not a CPA. Exactly. I held the job title of accountant. Like that was the job title and I fulfilled the roles and the duties of an accountant. I just wasn't a certified public accountant.
0: If someone wanted to become an accountant, let's say, what would you say that they need in order to actually get that job?
1: In order to be an accountant, you have to have a really good base of accounting. Wow. Shocker, Ryan. I mean, this is why you come to the degree-free podcast. (laughs)
0: It's this kind of earth shattering information
1: (laughs) that we live for. Shocker. But what I mean by that is like, okay, so it's very difficult to get that right. And so accounting is one of those things where a lot of people you say that you have to go to college in order to be educated in the accounting field, which is just inaccurate, but the colleges help in that they do have classes for accounting, but you could also just go and take a course on, business accounting 101 on something that doesn't require any money or have college degree requirements. If you are starting from the ground up and you want to go into the bookkeeping accounting role, one of the places that you could start to gain experience is going to be going into companies' accounts receivables and accounts payables roles. Those are basically just clerks that are rounding up invoices and making sure things are paid and that you are getting paid, but doing those things, you start to understand, okay, this is, this is what a receivable is. This is what accounts payable is. This is what a T account is, right? This is what double entry bookkeeping looks like, right? And using all of that in practice. So say that you are taking a course online or through some other means. And then you also get an accounts receivable job. Then you start to understand how your role rolls up into accounting in general. So what does it all mean? Just like anything else with accounting, it is understanding terms, understanding terms, defining terms. That is really where you're going to find the highest lift when you're first starting out. Right? So. Yes, get an entry-level job somewhere, accounts receivable, accounts payable, an accounting clerk, those types of roles, which I think largely in the next few years are going to be going away. So you might wanna jump on this soon. Accounting in general is going to see a massive shift. The robot should be doing that. Yeah, well, at least that type of role, it's gonna be seeing a a massive shift. But right now, they still need it. We, We still need it, especially with data privacy issues and data privacy concerns. Because unless you work for a literally an accounting firm, your company isn't going to take the risk of introducing the AI to your data and your and your role and exposing all the other stuff. I mean, they have to do so much due diligence to make sure it's secure and compliant. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. Sure.
1: And then they could just hire you for you know, $14 an hour, $10 an hour to do the exact same thing. And you're not risking as much of the data privacy issues right. at least right now.
0: Oh, no, that actually makes a lot of sense. You made a pretty good case for human accounting, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, at least clerking. In the temporary future, for sure. So, learning the terms really matters. Just getting back to it, learning the terms really matter. So, you know, what is an income statement? What is a profit and loss statement? Same thing, same thing. I don't know. We got a, a general accepted accounting principles, those are gap principles. What is EBITDA, right? Like, what is cash flow? And so, learning these terms will really help to get your feet wet. Ideally, if you gain a little bit of knowledge, you could get a role at a place that has an interview that is skills-based. And so I know this firsthand because when I got hired as an accountant, I actually didn't have any accounting experience, but I knew a little bit of accounting. And so my boss who ended up being my boss, he was interviewing me. And the whole interview was basically, him drawing T accounts on a board and being like, what happens when this transaction happens? What happens when this transaction happens? What happens when this transaction happens? 45 minutes later, an hour later, he was like, all right, you got the job. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was just like, all right, that's good enough for me. You don't need an accounting degree. You got it.
0: Yeah. This story is for another time, but he was quite a character to your boss at that (laughs) that place.
1: (laughs) So I did want to add here the terminology that is commonly used in licensing and certification space is going to be the license to practice. And so that is what you're looking for here is, is a college degree necessary, like legally required to practice whatever it is, is, you know, a certain licensure actually required to practice whatever the job is. That's what you're looking up. And that's what you're searching for.
0: most everybody's going to know is doctors, right? Physicians. They have to have a certain amount of hours in a bachelor's degree program in order to get a legal license to practice medicine. That is a thing. Currently in every, in all 50 states, that is how it works. You have to do that. It is a must. It's not negotiable. It's not something you can get around, even though you and I both think that that's ridiculous and they should just be able to take the MCAT. And if you pass it, because as you've pointed out before, it's the MCAT that gets you into medical school. If you can pass it, why wouldn't? Why shouldn't you be able to just go right into medical school? I don't need my doctor to appreciate Jess, Jackson Pollock. I just need them to know how to cut and dose things. That's it.
1: I completely agree with you. The argument that I hear all the time for not just taking the MCAT and going straight into med school is maturity. And it's going to be, well, I don't want an 18 year old to operate on me. So on and so forth. They're not mature enough to do the role. But I find it interesting is it's like, wait a minute, but you're willing this guy, gal who was, you know, did whatever in college, <laughs> yeah, frat, whatever, sorority, whatever, or me, just a general derelict, like, general uh, derelict? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, do you want me to operate on you? I was probably more immature at 22 than I was at 18
0: probably less mature after you went through college. Yeah, I would, because I would argue college definitely infantilizes a lot of people. I would say that's, no, one's going to like that, but that's, that's what I think.
1: So that is the argument that I hear all the time when I talk to people about it. But when I talk to physicians about it, a lot of physicians are just like, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. The reason why I think this should happen as well is I, there's a massive, massive problem with healthcare and healthcare providers. And it is going to happen in our generation, you and me, and everybody listening to this probably because most people that listen to this are still of working age, the doctors and the nurses and all of the healthcare providers, they are coming out of school with 250, 300 grand worth of debt. And it is getting less and less attractive to become a healthcare provider.
0: Yeah. People don't realize that because they always say, you know, oh, well, you should definitely get a college degree if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer. And they always say that like they assume that all doctors and all lawyers are high earning, right? They are higher earning than bachelor's degree holders because they hold graduate degrees. That's the reason. But that doesn't mean that they're able to easily pay off their loans. Some of them are 50, 60 years old, still paying off loans. That's not a good position for people who are practicing medicine to be in. They are extremely highly leveraged to their license too. That's another thing that's just just ethically speaking. You have people that are much more concerned with the amount of money they should make because they have to be because they have to get that monkey off of their back. They have to pay off that debt, and it makes them less able to objectively practice medicine.
1: It's an uh, incentive thing because they are riddled in debt. Now they start have to start thinking about making more money. And does making more money come at the cost of positive health outcomes?
0: Yes, I think.
1: That's the question that I always ask myself. And I tend to think, that the answer is yes as well. And you know, this. We, we've literally had this conversation pretty much for almost a decade now. I think it's a major problem that these doctors and these nurses are coming out of school with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. And they're like, I got to go make a lot of money. And they do.
0: And you can't really fault them for that because that is true. They've done this, they've gone into this profession. And they do have this large debt burden that they have to service. And so they have to service it with the available tools that they have. And the available tools they have is their labor and their practices. And you can see, too, it's interesting. I just saw this girl who's in med school breaking this down, but she was talking about the way that doctors get paid. And she was breaking down the fact that once they switch to billing by procedure, Instead of by length of stay in hospital or time spent, the doctor started making more money, but also we now have more interventions than we used to, which is probably not the best thing for patient care in general, because it means that you do things that you don't need to do because you and policy encourages you to do that because you need to make money, right?
1: Yeah, and we've talked about this before and it's literally a complex issue. literally just yesterday we were talking about this. You are starting to see these independent doctors start doing not quite concierge medicine, but cash practices that do a gym model basically. Yeah. It's basically a model that you pay a monthly fee and then you have access to this person, you know, 24/7 or whatever, and the, then you go and you see this general practitioner for whatever it is that they can do, right? General stitching, it's like small stitches, Cast, and, X-rays, yeah x rays, blood tests. Uh, you're sick, yeah. antibiotics, those types of things. Those people are incentivized completely different than the doctors that are in the insurance system. Completely different because. Those doctors that are doing the gym style model—they want to leave you alone. They—they they <laughs> want you to be as healthy as possible, so they can leave you alone. So that you leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> you leave them alone. Don't call me. Just 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 pay your eighty dollars, a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. And then don't ever call me. Yeah. And so I'm going to tell you to take vitamins, exercise, eat well. Exactly. Lose weight. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I'm going to tell you to do all of those things. Whereas the other doctors are incentivized to see you. They want to see you. That I mean, it's literally just the incentive. If they don't see you, they don't get paid. The more interventions that they do, the more money they make. And so I don't know what the answer is. I'm just some idiot with a mic but these are the problems and doctors are definitely having that. And so, yeah, I don't think that you need to go to college to be a doctor, right? I mean, especially that's something that we can stop right now. Like literally tomorrow, just, 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 drop, the just drop the college degree requirement. Boom, done. Problem solved. Moving on though, talking about license to practice. One of the mm-hmm. things that a lot of people get wrong is airline pilots or pilots in general. Right? And so you do not need a college degree to be a pilot. Everybody listen
0: up. There is not a single US airline that legally requires a college degree to be a commercial pilot in this country. That is how it is. If I see one more comment that says, well, except for you can't because illegally, no, you are wrong. Delta was the last airline to roll back the bachelor's degree requirement. It was January of 2022. Go Google it. Go Google it. Do not comment that on this video. Do not do it. Do not do it. I cannot, I'm sorry. I've probably seen that comment like 300 times in the past week. (laughs) It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So that's a good example of things that you have to do your research for, and you have to understand a little bit more and takes a little bit more digging. And so this route is definitely much more research involved and you have to be involved in it because you have to know whether or not a degree is actually legally required. A lot of people with the airline pilots, what they're going to say is that like, well, the airlines really prefer that you have a degree. That's what they're going to say. That's the argument.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's true.
1: Maybe that's true. Maybe that. You don't know
0: what they're, you don't know what they're hiring for.
1: Exactly. (laughs) The fact of the matter is, is right now, as we speak in 2023 there's a shortage of airline pilots right I'm pretty and sure so they'll take whoever they can get they need the person <laughs> with the hours. right licensure and the right amount of hours and that's what they need and then they need to put you in a seat so you can fly planes like they don't need you to take sociology 207
0: you know what's so crazy is well a couple people in the comments actually of well when i was talking about pilot requirement i got the comment well if they get a bachelor's degree they don't have to fly as in many hours and i'd rather have a pilot with a bachelor's degree i just went why why would you prefer somebody objectively why would you prefer a human being who sat in- In a college class and learned about how much they should appreciate jackson pollock because it's not degree specific it's not like if they have an aviation degree i can see an argument for that right i could see an argument for a very specific type of degree that shaves hours off of your license requirement but why would you want somebody who sat in a four-year college and wow that's so great let's learn about kate Chopin and lovely short stories why would you want that person to fly a plane more than you would want somebody who has more flight hours? I personally, I want somebody who's been flying a plane longer, more. That's what I want. I do not want somebody who shaved off some of their flight requirement hours because they were sitting in a college classroom. That is useless to me.
1: People say the same argument for all of the other degree required jobs, you know, such as lawyer, but in some states, four states, you don't need a college degree, but let's just say in 46 of them, you do. So it's like, let's just call it degree, mostly job. So lawyers, doctors, they're like, well, I want my doctor to have a college degree. So you're just going to say that your doctor, your surgeon, who's going to do brain surgery on you is not going to have a college degree. Good luck. He's like, I don't care. I want them to have done brain surgery, a lot of brain surgery, that's what I care about. I don't care if you went to Stanford. I don't care if you went to university if nobody gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. My divorce lawyer, my litigation lawyer, my personal injury lawyer, I don't care where you went to school either. What I want to know is how many cases just like this have you won? How much do you normally win if it's personal injury? Like, how much do you normally win? Perfect. Oh, a lot? All the time? Great. You're hired. Right. I don't care where you went to school.
0: I don't care if you did go to school. I don't give a crap. If you've been 14 years old and you read the bar and you started suing people and winning, that's the one. Give me the kid lawyer that's been doing this for 10 years longer than a college graduate. Anyway, not the point. So moving on to point number two, that was our longest rabbit trail yet. We did real good. So the second conversation you need to have with your child is have you tried it? whatever it is. This, especially if your child wants to be a nurse, a social worker, or a teacher, or you know what? I'll lump psychologists into this too. Anything to do with psychiatry, psychology, whatever. I'm going to lump this into. If your child wants to go into one of these pink collar jobs, that's what they're called. You... Make sure that you have put your child in that environment, especially before they ever buy a degree in it. Because the rate of attrition on these specific careers, the rate of unhappiness, the rate of people leaving them is unbelievable. And you it is fine if people want to continue to do these jobs. First, they need to know what those jobs entail, what that work environment entails, what working inside that system realistically looks like. Because I do not care that we need these professions. I do not care. I realize that that is going to dramatically impact the future. Like I realize there's going to be a point in the future where someone that we care about or one of us is sick and there's not enough nurses. We'll deal with that then. I do not care enough about that to tell people to sacrifice their future because we need these jobs. Do not send your kids into this meat grinder if they don't understand what it's actually going to entail to work in that environment, to do that day in and day out. That's not a good reason. They need to really understand what that's going to look like before they buy a degree and go into that industry. If people did that, the people that go into it really want to be in it. They want to be in it more than they care about other things. Those are the ones you want. Everybody else, stay away from it. Stay away from it.
1: Hey there, I hope that you're loving today's conversation. At Degree Free, we wanna help as many people as we can thrive and succeed without needing a college degree. Having these guests on that share their experiences so that you can learn from their stories and their mistakes is one of the ways that we do that. Genuinely, I'm just grateful that these guests take the time to come on and share their wisdom. And if you're getting value out of this conversation, or you've listened to two, three, or four plus episodes, I have one quick ask. Please take a moment right now to review this podcast on whatever platform you're tuning in on. With your review, you're not just supporting us, but you're amplifying the voices of every guest we bring on and ultimately helping more people thrive degree-free. Thank you for doing that right now and for being such an important part of degree-free. Yeah, definitely. A good example of this is once again, doctors and nurses, and there are a lot of people that think they want to be a doctor. They want to be a nurse. And some people are like, they even know their specialty that they want to do, right? They, they even know like, this is the type of medicine that I want to practice and be like, I want to be an ER doctor. And it's like, I want to be an ER nurse. And it's just like, okay, do you, have you ever been in an ER? <laughs> yeah,
0: never been to the hospital ever in their lives. <laughs> have, you,
1: have you ever been in an ER? Have you ever seen the people that go in and out of an ER? Do you understand like the type of work and the hours and the work conditions that you're going to have to deal with? I mean, both the nurses and the doctors, I mean, ERs they're all on the first floor. Why? Because they have to be easy access. We got to be able to get the gurneys in. And so because they're all on the first floor and normally they're trying to maximize space. So there's no windows right there's no windows they're all in the first floor even if they did have windows there's no view they're under fluorescent lights all day the shifts are long the work is i mean dynamic so that's good right for most people that are looking for that type of work it, it is very dynamic for an er doctor or an er nurse if you work at like a trauma center or something like that you know you could be dealing with a trauma case over here, a different type of trauma case over here. And then, you know, like a druggie over here and, and some sort of cardiac arrest, something over here, whatever. And so that part is good, but also not so good as well. And then so exactly to that point of like trauma, you work at a burn center, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to see gnarly things. And so have you ever seen an gnarly thing? Like
0: you've never seen you've never seen anything like that before.
1: You know what was so interesting is I went to Jamaica recently and I was talking to a few physicians there, a couple of doctors, and I am about the least medical person
0: ever. Not that's not completely like
1: true. <laughs> ever. And I was talking to them. And one of them was an OBGYN and the other one was an ENT. And I was talking to them. It was so interesting is on all of their rotations or whatever, they had never seen somebody die. What? Yeah. This isn't really relative to the story. It just boggled my mind of like, you never pounded chest in your life. You know what I mean, like on any of your rotations as a doctor, like in the room or anything. And like both of them were like, no, never.
0: The ENT doesn't surprise me as much because if they got through residency without seeing it, they wouldn't.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. But exactly. the OB
0: does surprise me because there's a really high maternal death rate in yeah, the US. Like,
1: man, I used to see people die all the time, like all the time. That is wild. That is crazy. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Well, there's
0: another friend that's ortho. Has he seen anybody?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's in residence. He has. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: It's just interesting. Yeah. Those conversations don't come up is what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's not like you sit down in the bar, have a beer. Hey, when was the last time you saw somebody die?
1: So anyway, that is really important is working in those conditions. And there's very many different ways that you could do that. You can volunteer if whatever it is that they want to do accepts volunteers. They can do whatever the job is, but a little bit lower than that. You know what I mean? So like for a doctor, for a nurse, you can become an EMT. There are a lot of programs all around the nation that do it in a few weeks. I told my story about how I did it in six weeks, right? There are a lot of programs like that. I mean, it costs a few thousand dollars. Go get your EMT. You can go get a job pretty much anywhere because EMTs, it's a pretty crap job. And are a lot of places that are hiring as long as you're willing to run a rig, you know what I mean? And so go see what that's like. And then, okay, I like this. This is cool. Then you go to college and then, you know, go be a doctor or nurse or whatever it is after that college will always be there to take your money.
0: Always. And we say that all the time, but it always bears repeating. The one thing before we move off of this topic that I want to say is, When I talk about this and I talk about the reality of these jobs, and this is the pink collar jobs, but also healthcare jobs, other jobs that, like I said, just have a high rate of people leaving them and high rate of dissatisfaction with the industry is people say, stop saying this, you're going to scare kids away from it. And we need these people. If they get scared away from a profession by someone describing partially what that profession is going to be like, they should not be in that profession. I feel really confident saying that if the description itself alarms them so much that it scares them away from that job, they should not
1: have it. Totally. This reminds me of coach prime Deion Sanders. He is University of Colorado. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really watch college football anymore. And so I don't know how they're doing. I don't think they're doing very well, but he got hired on as a Colorado's head football coach this year. and there was a video or an interview like a 60 minute interview or something like that with them. And it showed him having a team meeting in the summer when he got hired with the team and basically saying like, I got hired to win and we're going to have winners on this team. I'm summing this up. The coaches here, they were not winners and because they were not winners. They probably recruited a bunch of losers. And so the losing coaches are out, the winning coaches are in. And because they probably recruited a bunch of losers, we're probably going to get rid of a bunch of you guys and 50% or something like that quit. And they went into the transfer system and they went to a different school. Well, those were the losers, like quote unquote. That's exactly right. and. He, he was asked about that on the 60 minute interview. He's just like, so why are you so hard on him? He's just like, look, I just said words. And he's like, if those words are going to make you quit, he's like, I don't want you on my team. Yeah. That's it. The logic checks out. Yeah. He's like, I don't want you on my team. If those things, if just words, and as you're saying, is that the description of the job and trying to show as much realities of the job and of the life outcome prior, If that's going to scare you away, you probably shouldn't be in that role. And you definitely
0: shouldn't buy a college degree in it to figure it out. Definitely 100,000%. The last two things about this. This is also true of animal work or science where I'm going to put science work in quotations. The reason is because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, my kid's going to be a scientist, blah, 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 blah. What they don't realize is a lot of these science positions, especially anything to do with marine biology or animal biology, anything like that. A lot of those jobs pay really low. I'm just going to say that out loud. So, when I talk to people about this and I say, why don't you just have your kid go work in one of those industries? Like, go work at a fish farm because you're gonna get a very similar experience and the pay is gonna be a couple thousand dollars different. And people will just lose their minds over it. But that's one of those things. Like, have your kid test. Just go have them work somewhere near that environment or something similar to that. And then see if they actually like the work enough to go pay and be in debt to go do the work and get a few thousand dollar raise, because that's about not gonna be the difference. And so our third point, this is the third conversation you need to have with your child before they spend five and a half years and $100,000 on college. And that is if this child spends this time and money, so you talking to your child, if you spend this time and money and you get this type of work, does it make sense with your other goals in life? Is it going to help you or hurt you with other goals like family, like freedom, like job flexibility as far as scheduling goes, pets that you want to have, places that you want to live, things that you want to do in life like travel or get really good at a hobby or anything. Any project that you want to build like if you want to build a business and you you go into debt to get this degree and you spend all this time, is it going to hinder you from doing something else that's actually your life goal? Because if your goal is to get the work, that's fine. If your goal is to say, I am a this, cool, great, awesome. But if your goal is something else and you think that becoming a this is what's going to help you get the goal, you need to do the math on whether or not it's going to help you get there or pull you further away from that thing.
1: So let me break this down or try to understand what it is that you're saying. And so what you're saying is basically they need to prioritize their goals. Yes. And so You need to decide what is the most important thing in your life?
0: Not necessarily the most important thing, but decide if there's something more important than becoming whatever the job is. So a good example, since we're talking about doctors would be like, if your goal is to have a large family, then maybe being a doctor isn't the best way to do that. If your goal is to make a lot of money, and that's the more your goal because you want to travel the world then again, being a doctor is not the best, most effective way to do that. It's difficult for doctors to have large families because oftentimes doctors, specifically female doctors, really struggle with fertility and that's because they spend so much time in school and their sleep schedules are disrupted. This is a well-documented, but it's difficult for them to have their own biological children. The reason is because they are going to sacrifice so much of their childbearing years to going to school and high stress work where they're sleep deprived. And because of that, by the time they get out of school and they're actually able to because they're out of residency, and they're now financially stable enough to actually start having children, it's difficult for them to do so. So if your goal in life as a woman is to have a large biological family, then being a physician is probably not the best way to go about doing that. That is actually going to hurt you if your goal is to have a large biological family. So you have to decide which one of those two things is priority.
1: Yeah. So you are mainly speaking to women here. You're not speaking to men.
0: If a guy thinks that, oh, hey, you know, I want to make a lot of money. So I'm going to be a lawyer. Mm, Okay. Maybe you should do that, but maybe you should just go into sales. Right? Like if the goal is to make money and not to become, I want to have that JD after my name, maybe you should just look at sales roles.
1: I'm not talking about money. You said something about family and I'm trying to correct the record. I'm trying to make sure that I understand what you're saying. And so. No, I'm just saying whatever the goal is like. But I'm talking about family. You brought it up. I'm talking about family. And so you're talking to men or are you talking to women? Because it sounds like you're talking to women because men biologically can have kids at any time.
0: No, I understand that. But I'm more talking about the situation that you'd want to have a family into. The other thing about doctors, male doctors, is time consuming, right? They're not going to have a great schedule. So again, if their goal is to have a large biological family and spend time with them, then yeah, being a doctor is probably not like the ideal route. If that goal is higher than being a doctor, if your goal is to have an MD after your name, that's fine. There's no right or wrong goal. It's just, if this goal is higher than this goal, you need to optimize for whichever goal is the highest. And you can't mistake a career being the goal if it's not actually the goal.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. And I wanted to push back a little bit just because I know that we're going to get a lot of pushback. Yeah, on I know it. that's not going to be popular. And so, I just wanted to clarify what it is that you're saying, but largely, maybe not everything that you said, but largely, I agree with you, especially with the women aspect of it, right? I mean, they are going to be in school and residency for the majority of it. And when I say of it, I mean of childbearing years. And so the biological clock is ticking. And so. You know That's just facts. What I find interesting and to add a little bit more about the whole doctor thing, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but what I find a little bit interesting about physicians and doctors is how prevalent it is for doctors to marry other doctors. And it makes sense. Why do they do it? Well, they marry each other. I think largely because they understand what it takes and the sacrifices that had to, and they have to be made in order to have that career and to do that job. And so physicians will understand when other physicians are like, no, I got to study, right. Or I got, I have this test or I have this or that, or this in the morning. And that's why I can't do it. I don't have any free time because I'm always at work as I'm always doing something. Okay, it's very easy for another doctor to understand that, but if you're not a physician and you don't understand it like, "Oh man, that sucks. Like, why don't you just call in sick or why don't you do this?" and you don't have to explain that to another physician. But what I find crazy about that, what I find interesting about the whole thing is that yes, about the family portion of it because if you marry another doctor, typically, you know, let's just say the male is 28, 30 and they're they're in residency, his wife is probably 26 by, you know, standard. This is just. Yeah. Reasonable assumption. Yeah. This is just stats, you know, usually about two years younger, and she is also going through residency and everything like that. You're not going to want to have kids while you're in residency. Most of them though. You're not going to want to have kids while you're in med school because then your whole life gets put on hold. You know what I mean? And so because they intermarry, them having kids, gets pushed back even more. Right. Whereas if a male physician got together with a non-physician partner and wanted to have biological children, it would be easier
0: only because the window, it doesn't have to line up as evenly. Basically that's the main reason, right? Exactly. Yeah. You bring up something interesting too. So doctors marry doctors and teachers marry teachers and lawyers marry lawyers. But for whatever reason, nurses do not marry nurses. I don't know why. I've I've always thought that that was kind of interesting. I wonder if it's because maybe there's not as many the ratio of male nurses is not that I this is just uh male female marriages. And I say that because it was a I got to find the chart, but there was a chart and I think it was a it was census data and somebody had put it into a chart where you could visually see which careers tend to marry each other. And it was just wildly <laughs> interesting. I should find it and we should do a breakdown of it. Cause
1: it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah. I'm just wondering if it's just a volume matching problem.
0: That's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, not as many male nurses maybe, but then that doesn't really account for the teachers though, because 77% of us teachers are women. So how are they all married to male teachers? That's like statistically doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm not sure. Once maybe again. just
0: married teachers. So just married teachers. like just teachers who are married are married to other teachers.
1: Yeah. You know what, now that you say, it, I have no idea just to do with a microphone. We should do an entire episode about that. Cause it's, it's pretty interesting,
0: but that is, those are my three conversations that you need to have with your kid. And I think that's all we got for today.
1: Yeah. And that is pretty much the episode. I think, I think we had a couple of things left that we wanted to talk about, but maybe for another episode or for another day. Yeah. I really liked this episode. I know that it probably doesn't sound normal and we sound a little bit different. I think we sound a little bit different too, because we're in a different environment.
0: Yeah. It might be a little echoey.
1: <laughs> I don't mean actually the sound I started talking about the audio, but what I mean is like our demeanor and the things that we talked about, I felt like today and let us know in the YouTube comments. I felt like today we kind of went off topic a lot, but did you like it though? Yeah. Ask, I'm gonna say, ask yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We gotta We stop don't this. have our table. Everything's Yeah. Of- <laughs> I, I, I don't have a table. I, <laughs> Everything's on <out> a <of>
0: kilter. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And so, but yeah, I am asking you watching this. Did love you or, like this?
0: Yeah. Love it or hate it.
1: Yeah. Let me know. I know that we went on a little bit of a tangent, but I do think that those are the three conversations or the three things to talk about with your kid. Before we go, can you do a quick wrap up of the three points and then let's get out of here?
0: Yes. Conversation number one, look up if it's legally required to buy a degree for the job that they want. License to practice, as Ryan said. Number two, have you tried it? Has your kid shadowed or volunteered in that work environment before they're buying a degree in it? And then the third thing is, if you spend this time and money, is it going to help you get closer to your primary goals? Or is it just something that's a different goal entirely, and it's not as high priority. That's Done. the episode.
1: <laughs> Until next week, guys. Aloha.